Welcome to Balance and Beyond, the podcast for ambitious women who refuse to accept burnout as the price of success. Here, we're committed to empowering you with the tools and strategies you need to achieve true balance, where your career, relationships, and health all thrive, and where you have the power to define success on your terms. I honor the space you've created for yourself today. So let's take a breath and dive right in. It's been a very exciting couple of weeks here in Australia, and like many of you, our household has been captivated by the journey of the Matildas through the World Cup. And alas, the fairy tale wasn't quite what it was meant to be and what we'd all hoped it would be. But there are some brilliant lessons for us in the Matildas. I'm not, yes, I know they've galvanized a nation and all of those things, but I talk about becoming a woman of influence. And very often we think that those women of influence only come in boardrooms or suits or high heels. And today I want to share with you some insights about what makes the Matildas women of influence. And as you start to understand what this really means, what are the traits that make people successful? What are the traits that make people fulfilled? Then you can find these icons, this inspiration anywhere, and ideally look to apply it in your own life as well. So let's talk about five leadership lessons from the Matildas. Now, first of all, I want to make sure we define what a woman of influence is, because it's a term that's thrown around there. My definition is that a woman of influence is somebody who has an impact on others. It's a very, very simple definition. You know, I like things simple. And I'm pretty sure that the semi-final 11 plus million people watching has is the definition of having an impact. It's had an impact from a female sport representation perspective, from um, all kinds of diversity. It's galvanized uh, grassroots. I know my daughter who plays soccer is now going, when can I play summer soccer? So it has been amazing. And what's brilliant is it's broken down a whole lot of biases that it's no longer just about football or soccer, women's football. It's just football and everybody's watching it. Men are talking about it. And one of my favorite quotes is a little boy who asked his mom, mom, what's a, what's a boy Matilda called? Now that is awesome. Which brings us to our first thread here of what makes the Matildas women of influence. And it really takes a special person to trailblaze a path for others coming before them. And if we look at the history of the Matildas, many of them grew up playing in all boys teams because there weren't girl competitions at that point in time. They had to wear boys uniforms. They were told they couldn't play. I didn't realize this, but in many countries, females were actually banned from playing soccer because it was unbecoming of a woman until the late 70s. So we've come a long way in for many of our lifetimes. It takes courage to be the only, whether that's the only girl in an all boys team, whether it's the only person who identifies, you know, who loves somebody different, who feels like they stand out to actually thrive in that type of way. And it takes a huge amount of creativity because you will see all the beautiful stories of the Matildas. They haven't let injuries, very setbacks actually get in their way. You know, they get dropped from the team and they haven't let that stand in their way because they knew what they wanted. It takes a special kind of person 
takes a certain kind of person to say, you know what, I want to have a baby and I know I don't have a partner, so I'm going to go down the IVF path and do it myself. That There's women in all walks of life that do this, but what I love about what we've seen in this soccer team is that we've had all these beautiful examples brought forward around this hero story. And that is the common thread amongst many of these Matildas, but many women of influence. They've blazed a trail, whether that's in an industry, whether that's being a working mum. I remember you know, I would turn up to the school gate when my daughters were littler and I'd come have a defining moment. I remember coming off, I got an early flight home from Melbourne because my event, the afternoon shifted and I got an early flight and I came straight from the airport to school pickup. Now I've been in Melbourne for a couple of days. I've been presenting in a conference. So I was suited and booted. I had the black heels. I was in the suit. I had makeup on. My hair was done and I was carrying a willy suitcase. And I've rocked up at school and everybody else has looked at me and gone, ooh, aren't we looking a little bit fancy today? Meanwhile, everyone else is in their active wear. This was pre-COVID. I felt like there was something wrong with me and then I found out that because I still carried all the mental load then, I'd forgot to tell my husband about some kind of bake day. So, oh, you know, what did you bake for that? I'm like, oh, screw you guys. And so those type of experiences mean that we have to have a thick skin and that is something that really is fundamentally behind so many of us who are bucking convention, who do want to be amazing mothers and absolutely rock this career. So it takes a very, very special type of person, which is our number one trait here in the Matildas and what I see in women of influence. Now, the second trait that I have loved the coverage talking about with the Matildas is that a woman of influence balances her head and her heart. When I heard Mackenzie Arnold, the Australian goalkeeper, talking about the penalty shootout and how she managed, there was a lot of talk about, you know, she they spent a lot of time studying all the opposition and if there was a shootout, you know, what their, what their history was, would they go one way, would they go another, so that she had all this information in her head. And yet she said there were some instances in that shootout where she knew all this information and she went with her gut. She overrode her mental knowledge and went with her instinct, which said, go the other way. And this is what a woman of influence has to learn to do, is we have to learn not just to trust our brains, which have got us so far and are wonderful, but so many women have lost access to their intuition. They've lost, in, they've lost the ability to trust themselves because they don't have any evidence to support it. So why would, why would I go with my gut? Because, oh, what if it's wrong? At least this way I've got data that points to this person always goes to the right or this person always goes to the left. And what's ironic is that when we spend so much time in our heads, we actually cut off access to this intuition. So not only do we not trust it, but we're disconnected from our bodies. And if you're the type of person who often feels numb or who only really feels negative emotions like stress and overwhelm and everything's just a ball of ick and you don't know what it all is, you can't name it, maybe you've got the sad, mad, and glad, the, the three most common emotions that people can name, well, that's a sign that if you aren't tapped into your emotions, you are also not tapped into your intuition, which is an absolute shame because that intuition as a woman of influence, allows you to make fast decisions. It allows to, you to back yourself. It allows you to be in a room and these spotty senses go off and say, 
something's not being said, something's not right, and you have to back yourself. So those who are able to really learn how to tap in, which involves being present in the moment, you're not going to access your intuition if you're guilty and beating yourself up because you shouldn't have said that. And what are they going to think of you? And oh my gosh, when I got home, it's book week. And how am I going to handle it? And your brain is just a mess. You have to learn to be present. You have to learn to slow it all down so that you can access this inner wisdom that is there within you. And ironically, it's been it's often talked about in sport, about the, the power of visualization and instinct and tapping into it. And yet in business and in life, we don't give it the same amount of credibility. And it's time that we shift that. Let's take a leaf out of the Matilda's book and go with that instinct and make sure you know how to get it back. Lesson number three that I would love for everybody to adopt is that it is all energy. If you've been lucky enough to see the documentary on the Matildas on the Disney Channel where they've done a six-part series in the Road to the World Cup, their their coach, Tony, who now I'm sure will be the honorary Aussie like they all become, I remember him standing pre-game talking to a whole range of family and friends who were coming to watch a game. And he said, send your confidence and send your courage out there on the pitch said, because they will feel you. If you are nervous, they will be nervous. If you are, you know, if you are worried, then they are going to feel that. So send them your energy. And he's, Tony's often called the meditating coach because this is what he does. He understands how energy works and he understands that when you've got a team, he uses, I guess you'd say mainstream words like chemistry and dynamics, but that's all energy. That's all how things flow between people and they know that, you know, you drop one person in or you take one person out and the whole dynamic of 11 people on a field can completely change and that is energy. And that when you're in a crowd of 75,000 people is what you are enjoying at that time. It's collective energy. And as women, we are not very good at understanding our own energy and understanding how to use it for influence. Because what you may not know is that in a room, the strongest energy will absorb the weaker ones. And by strongest energy, I mean the person who is most embodied in their energy. You've been in a room where somebody is so toxic and so negative that you literally walk out wanting to ugh, like shake yourself off because you feel like it's on you. And likewise, you've been around somebody who is so empowered and fun that you walk away with this ginormous grin on your face and you feel amazing. That is because you have literally synchronized with their energy. Don't forget, fear is one of the strongest energies for many people. So this is why sometimes when you're around people, you will walk away more uncertain and their fears will amplify your own. So learning how to manage your own energy, understand your own energy and really embody confidence calm, clarity, creativity, curiosity, all these wonderful words, many that start with C, that are so important for us to own so that you can influence a room. And energy, a lot of people don't understand how it works, but an analogy I love is that right now in this room I'm sitting in, there are a whole range 
of sound waves that I can't hear. Whereas I was to grab a radio and tune it to a particular number and then I would get Taylor Swift. I would tune it to a different number and I might get ACDC. They are all actually present in this moment. It just depends on my tuning. It depends on what number I'm going for. And the same is true of energy and emotion. So I can tune myself to calm or I can tune myself to overwhelm. And what you need to realize is that a woman of influence really understands where am I tuned to? How do I, regardless of what's going on around me, how do I ensure I'm attuned to confidence? I'm attuned to calm and I'm able to really see everything that's going on in this space. So if you are able to grasp this concept and really learn how to use it, And in my programs, we go deep on energetics because it's been an absolute game changer for me. And there's so much depth of wisdom that is not out there in the common domain. So this is what is sending women, what is uh, making women stand apart. The fourth lesson, you could say, or leadership technique that I am loving about the Matildas is the ability to be vulnerable. This is a word that has become a bit of a buzzword And many people now are talking about authenticity and vulnerability in leadership. However, it can be a tricky one because there are some people who are not yet perhaps on the vulnerability bandwagon. Maybe they haven't been listening to enough Brene Brown. But for some people, vulnerability is weak. Vulnerability is dangerous because you could be taken advantage of and somebody could use it against you. But what I love about sport is it's a place where raw emotion is completely allowed. It's the one place for a long time men have been allowed to cry is on the football field because when they haven't been allowed to cry anywhere else. And so seeing the, uh, the Matildas showing up at press conferences with puffy eyes after their loss, with you know the sheer elation and their faces that can't hide, the joy and the surprise and all these amazing positive emotions at once when they won the penalty shootout and there's some beautiful photos that are circulating in the media and on socials of them all running towards Courtney Vine as she scored that winning penalty, is actually understanding that once you are confident in yourself, well, then it's okay to be vulnerable. You don't need to learn how to temper it. You can simply turn it up and turn it down depending on your audience. And that is what a true woman of influence does. And when you are vulnerable, what happens? Another reason people can mistake vulnerability for emotional hijacking. And by that, I mean, being vulnerable doesn't mean just vomiting your emotions over everybody. I'm being vulnerable. I'm telling you how I'm feeling. Well, In some environments, that's not appropriate. And to be honest, that is actually called projecting your emotions. That's not actually handling it. So when you're able to understand what is going on with me, and right now, is this the time for me to talk? And I loved the Aussie coach in one of their Asia Cup matches, which was shown in the documentary. They had a shocking loss and they got in the huddle at the end and everybody was visibly upset. And the coach actually came to the middle and he said, I'm too overcome with emotions right now. I can't say anything meaningful. So I'm going to go away and process my emotions and we'll talk again in a little while. That is the definition of vulnerability. 
He didn't cry and shout and rant and rave and say, I'm being vulnerable and sharing my feelings. He knew that in that moment, sharing his feelings that he had to process was not going to be good for everybody else. It's not good perhaps for the rest of a team to hear of a coach's disappointment or anger or frustration. Sure, he might want to share that, but he has to go and process his own emotions to take himself out of it to then be able to come back as an emotionally regulated human and be able to now share what really is underneath those feelings. When something happens to us, we have an instant reaction. And when we just, I'm being vulnerable, bleh, that's not helpful because that's usually our own trigger and that's our own stuff. Being vulnerable is saying, I'm going to need a moment to compose myself and actually understanding and having the self-awareness to know when to share that vulnerability, to walk that line and not project or vomit your emotions on everybody else because that's not their stuff, that is yours. So learning how to dance between vulnerability, self-awareness, managing your emotions, that is a beautiful space to be in. And when you're able to hold that and hold it importantly from a place of knowing that it doesn't mean anything about you. I had an incident a couple of months ago where for the first time ever, I cried in front of a group of clients. I was sharing a very personal story and it was something that they knew they didn't have to rescue me because I didn't make that emotion mean anything about me. And one of the reasons that I knew I had to share that particular story was because I knew I would probably cry. And sometimes it's also important for other people to see their coach as somebody who is also human and who is also going through things. But I was strong enough to recognize what I was going through, to recognize my emotions and to be able to show them that, you know what, you can handle anything. You're allowed to be vulnerable, but you can also learn to sit with what is there. So this ability to, as all these leadership lessons here from the Matildas start to stack can make you so incredibly powerful. When you are that special person who can trailblaze a path, when you are balancing your brain and and not just living in your head, but also accessing instinct and intuition, when you understand energy and how that flows, how to find that courage and calm and confidence, and then to know when is the emotion yours When do you share it? When do you keep it to yourself? How do you use vulnerability as a superpower, as a way of being authentic and real? Because in a world that can be increasingly polished or (laughs) brainwashed or, or whatever you want to call it on social media, there is this quest for authenticity at the moment, for leaders who are not perfect, for leaders who don't have it all together, but who know how to share that in a way that actually instills more confidence in their team rather than less. And now let me share what I have seen across not just the Matildas, but all women who are, you could say, becoming these women of influence, but having a big impact in life. And big impact doesn't mean I'm expecting everybody listening to this podcast to do something that's viewed by 11 million people. It might be an impact in your family, an impact in your team, It might be an impact with your partner or with your kids. Impact is up to you to define. 
but I want to make sure that you are finding this fulfillment and having this impact that you want to have in the world. So the last piece, and you have seen media article about it again and again and again, it's spoken of in all the conferences. The coach talks about this all the time and many teams say they have it, but it's the one thing that all the other teams have commented on when it comes to the Matildas. And that is that they have belief. And by this, I mean, there's often that saying, I'll believe it when I see it. But the Matildas had never been this far and they had an unshakable belief that they could win the World Cup. And the same is true of you. It's not see it and believe it. It's actually in truth, believe it, and then I will see it. This comes down to really understanding who you are, understanding your purpose, understanding what makes you, you, understanding why you're here. Because if you are waiting to see it and you don't have any bigger reason why you're doing it, you don't have a foundation of a strong belief, well, then you're just getting on that pitch and playing 90 minutes of football and coming off and playing 90 minutes of football and coming off and doing another load of washing and getting up and going to work and picking up the kids and doing dinner and waking up and doing it all over again. That's a rubbish way to live. I call this the treadmill. If you don't know why you're doing it, if you don't have a belief that's bigger than you, if you don't have a purpose, what I love about the Matildas is they wanted to inspire the next generation. And if you hear any of them saying it, they've obviously done some kind of team building workshop or purpose-driven workshop because they are all saying the same thing. And it doesn't sound scripted. It's what they've obviously come up with together. So they know that they wanted this to extend beyond a football tournament. They wanted to inspire everybody, not just women in sport, but they wanted kids to now go and play. They wanted women behind them who wanted to come into this game to have it easier than they did, to pass on the jersey to somebody and have made it better than it was before. And this is the goal of many of us in life. We want to make our children's lives easier. We want to make it easier for our team. We want to make it easier for our replacement to leave our role or our business better than we found it. But to do that, you have to have an unshakable belief in you, in why you're here, and what you're here for. And it's only when you have that, that you will get off the treadmill. And that's what makes life worth living. What's the point of just waking up and doing it all again? If these women were busting themselves and pushing their bodies and training every day and watching everything they're eating to simply get on, kick a ball around, try to get in and net and get off. Well, it's fun, but it's a lot of hard work for you know, some of them didn't touch the ball that much. Some of them spent the whole night on the bench and they've been waiting four years for this, but they still feel like they are part of something because they had a belief in each other, in themselves, and it wasn't based on what they do. It wasn't based on how they kick a ball. Sam Kerr didn't play a huge amount of minutes. I mean, she scored a goal that would be remembered forever, but it was her leadership. It was her personality. It was how she galvanized them. It was her belief. It was who she is that mattered, not just what she did. She transcends that. And when you are somebody who still believes that you are what you do and you can't find a role for yourself beyond that, 
then that's when life feels very draining and it feels very unfulfilling. So today I ask you, as we enjoy this halo effect of the Women's World Cup and everything that the Matildas have come to represent, how can you see this as another example of deep diving on what are the characteristics that makes a woman of influence? What is here for you to inspire you? And while I'm sure we'd all love to look like the Matildas and have their speed and strength and abs and arms and everything, unfortunately, a couple of decades on and not years of training or skill or talent, perhaps for some of us, are going to make that be the case. So let's take other lessons that are applicable to us in our lives. I want you to remind yourself that you're a special person. Do you know what you want, though? Do you know why you are blazing this trail? When do you have enough balance between your head and your heart? Do you have access to your intuition or are you just all stats and all data and all logic? How can you close that gap and make sure that just like Mackenzie Arnold, you're accessing both because that is what makes you really, really powerful. Are you radiating confidence? Are you managing your energy and ensuring that you're able to really project what you want and own that room energetically, not just verbally or with your presence? Are you able to show the world the real you? Do you know what vulnerability means? And are you in control enough of your emotions that you're not going to project them on everybody else, but use them as an absolute superpower, which can be a game changer? And last but not least, do you have an unshakable belief in yourself? Do you know who you are? Are you connected to your why, to your purpose? And only once you believe are you going to see whatever it is that you want, whether it's happiness or a new career or a new house or whatever it is that you want. You have to believe it. And to do that, the work isn't outside of you. The work is inside of you. So whichever of those you needed to hear today, I invite you to marinate on it, to really think about which of these is going to move the needle for you, because there is a wealth of wisdom there that we can thank the Matildas for, but maybe this is the inspiration you need to find your own Matilda within. Thanks for joining us today on the Balance and Beyond podcast. We're so glad you carved out this time for yourself. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend who might need to hear this today. And if you're feeling extra generous, leaving us a review on your podcast platform of choice would mean the world to us. If you're keen to dive deeper into our world, visit balanceinstitute.com to discover more about the toolkit that has helped thousands of women avoid burnout and create a life of balance and beyond. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll see you next time on the Balance and Beyond podcast.